0: Welcome to the Sports & Shit Podcast presented by Anchor. Your hosts each week are Maddie. But it burned. For me and her, it burned. There was a burning. And the multi-talented Smitty.
1: There's worse ways to go than eating grilled cheese every day and having sex every day.
0: If you like sports sprinkled in with a little bit of shit, then this podcast is for you. Now, here are your hosts, Maddie and Smitty. Welcome to the Sports and Shit Podcast. It is episode 27 in season 2 with Maddie and Smitty. It's sponsored by Lops Brewing. Do us a favor. Follow us on Twitter. We're there at Sports and Shit Pod. And send us an email, please. Tell us how we're doing. Sports and shit pod at gmail.com. You can catch us on Facebook as well. Maybe we should do some live stuff so you can, so you can pay attention to us on Facebook too. That'd be cool. Hi, I'm Maddie. And my co-host is James Harden's weed distributor, Smitty. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks. Yeah. Did you fly to Paris and give him some? Because he was stopped by various law enforcement in Paris with Little Baby or whatever the hell his name is. Really? Little, little Baby. Little Baby. Yeah, he was stopped in Paris at the airport or somewhere. And think Little Baby had some, some weed on with him the, or something.
1: With a boatload of weed?
0: High as a kite.
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna just plead the fifth there. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. exercise my plausible <laughs> right. deniability, saying that yeah. I that I don't know James Harden. I've never given yeah. him weed. No, wink,
0: wink. I think you mis- I think you misremembered
1: <laughs> mis- that whole situation. I think you no, did. but I but I am Ty Law's. Uh, what did he have? Ecstasy or something? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, ecstasy. I'm Ty yeah, Law's ecstasy, ecstasy. dealer, sure. but but I have yeah. not given James Harden anything.
0: Oh, you were his cousin. This <laughs> yeah, was his cousin's bag wasn't it? It was it? Yeah, it was. It was. It was my bag. Cousin. It was mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It comes it out now. you. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So so that was a, a development that happened here uh, because let's be honest, we Actually, there's this podcast called The Smoke mm-hmm. with uh, with Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes, and they had Rachel Nichols on a, a bit ago. And the whole Rachel Nichols situation is interesting. One, because I never thought Rachel Nichols was all that great uh, at her job. Uh, And I always seemed to be like she had this sort of weird look or smirk on her face when she was doing reporting. Like, just like... I agree with you. Weird, like, just weird vibe about her. Yeah. When she would do the reporting. Uh, And now, of course, we know that that Rachel had some disparaging remarks about diversity and didn't Mm -hmm. want her position to be taken over to fill a, a spot due to diversity and that sort of thing. Uh, and she's heavily connected with the NBA players. Wink. More connected than you are uh, with yeah. the NBA players. I think, uh, I think she always,
1: it always seemed like there was a flirty sexual yeah. energy there that should yeah. not have been there right. because she's supposed to be a professional. <laughs>
0: so <laughs> right. so right. there's that. Yeah. She's Diane Sawyer's stepson's wife, I believe. They're married. So there was indications that, well, she was ta- talking about how, you know, she didn't want someone to get it based on color and, and bump her out of her spot. Right. And then people said, well, wait a minute, you have your spot because you married Diane Sawyer's stepson. So it was uh, sort of ironical to <laughs> use your term. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Rachel was taken off of the sidelines for the uh, NBA finals, which I haven't watched a single second of. No. I have no desire to watch the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks play basketball in any month. Never mind, July. Um, so here we are with the news. The news is brought to you by Lops Brewing, a brewery and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week. Just had an Arts in the Alley event this past week again. Use coupon code SPORTS to get 10% off your online order. Visit www.lopsbrewing.com and follow at Lops Brewing for new beers and events. And the Arts in the Alley has been a good event for them.
1: Yeah, and for Woonsocket, the Arts in the Alley uh, actually was today when this episode drops. So the Sunday, this Sunday, the eleventh, and it's been a it's been a great event. They've had three of them. I think they will continue. Come down, buy some stuff. You know, good music. Uh, they have the uh, the food trucks or the food truck. I think it's barbecue this yep. Sunday. So right. I'll be down there, looking forward to that. And uh, absolutely. Well, I mean, yeah. So it happened when this, this episode comes out. So <laughs> right,
0: right. You're looking forward to that. I'm looking looking forward to that and, looking, uh, looking looking
1: back to that and then
0: back. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. It's like uh, <laughs> we're at like Back to the Future. Weird. Let me, let me hear you go back. Yes, yeah. that song? Oh, that's Aaliyah. Aaliyah back and forth. I like the
1: song, uh, I Want to Go Back. Who is that by? Oh, that's uh, Eddie Murray. Yes, Eddie it, Money. Is. yes <laughs> it is. It's not Eddie
0: Murray. He's, he's, <laughs> Eddie Murray, switch hitter for yeah, the Orioles. Eddie Money. Eddie Money, yeah. yeah. I want to
1: go back.
0: Oh, yeah, Absolutely. To How about this first item? It's a doozy. A chef died after falling into a gigantic vat of chicken soup he was cooking for a wedding. Fell into the vat. A chef was working at a wedding in Iraq last week, slipped and fell into a vat of boiling hot chicken soup the cook was catering a wedding party, a task for which he was said to be paid about $17 daily. The 25-year-old sustained serious burns on 70% of his body and died five days later. How? 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 No. So, I mean, first of all, as wow. a chef, how do you
1: fall yeah. into a gigantic thing of chickens? Like you slipped uh, and f- like, what are you doing? Cooking it on the ground? Like how could you possibly fall into a pot? You know what I mean? Where, so, that's,
0: where, so that's, where,
1: so that's where, one. First of all, where is the pot? Why right. is it below your feet? Right. Exactly. Yeah, why, I mean. why, <laughs> yeah. why is the pot like a, was he doing it in a bathtub? Like was it that much chicken soup? Okay. That's one. Two, $17 daily. How long is a wedding? How long is the wedding? Uh, if you're getting paid daily, that makes it sound like the wedding lasts more than a day.
0: Is that an Iraqi thing? Well I think maybe it's the maybe I think it's the prep like the prep leading up to it. Okay. Does it take more than one day to make chicken soup? Ev-
1: right. evidently, if you die and burn yourself over 70% of your body, yeah. it does take longer than, well, that, than a day. Right.
0: It yeah. costs more than $17. Yeah. That was a horrific act. cost you your life. Yeah. I mean, I just don't understand where the vat is where you can tumble into it.
1: <laughs> exactly. You know? And you know, I, they probably I didn't know. serve the soup, right? Probably didn't serve it.
0: No. It probably <laughs> had like, you know, skin <laughs> flap <in it.
1: laughs> Right. Oh, probably God. went with oh, a French one. onion instead. Like, Maybe it's uh, ch- yeah. broccoli cheddar. Or, Italian nice, uh, yeah, <laughs> Italian wedding. There you go. Yeah, that's what they should have yeah. done. Maybe they don't like Italians. Maybe there's a rack Italian,
0: I mean, maybe. you know button heads maybe. yeah maybe it's italy and iraq maybe they had a soccer match years ago that went awry yeah but yeah that was that was horrific i'm picturing like a, like a mad scientist in a, in a lab yes with this big vat below his feet like he's standing up on like the, the ledge right he's just got this big stick and he's moving it around yeah, stirring and, you know, it yeah stirring it and then falls to his death anyway <laughs> yeah just, what does just, he slip? Osha should be over slip. there. How do you slip?
1: What yeah. do you got? You what you well, stir? Yeah, well, he's stirring. He's stirring it too rapidly. And the soup splashed over the sides of the big pot. Eddie, right. and he, Eddie and he slips on it. Buddy, clean up yeah. your
0: workspace. What You're are you tired, doing? Right? Soup can be a little soup can be a little messy. When I mean, you get it dripping down your chin, you know, soup can get on places, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> and it was on the ledge. <laughs> and he just whoa whoa whoa, whoa. whoa there you just, go. You know, yep, see ya. Jesus went went tumbling down. Maybe that. maybe the bride next
1: time should've just should just right. go to Panera. Just go yeah. French onion I, and, and cheddar I, broccoli yeah. from Panera, call it a day.
0: Hey, I'm I'm in agreement. I that's you know I I know it's chain, but that's pretty good soup. It's real good soup. I, I'd go there. Really I'd is go there. Speaking of dinner, here's a question for you. What can you say during sex? <laughs> but also at a family dinner? What's a phrase you can use? In the bed and at the dinner table. Mm. And I mean, if you're out, you could say, check, please. <laughs> right? <sighs> right? you okay, could. Uh, that you could say in both? Yeah. That you or like, say in both. So you're, you're in sex. Because I could think of some things of that you table. could
1: say that would make the sex end immediately. Yeah. Like, That's that smell. I don't like leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> Sloppy <laughs> exactly seconds. Yeah. I don't want seconds. Right. Yeah. Or I want seconds. That could be something you say. Keeps yeah, it I rolling. Want I want yeah, seconds. Go.
0: Got any more? Yeah. Can I have some yeah. more? You could say, uh, you know, I got some mashed potatoes on me. Uh, something, something like that. You know, you could use food. I don't know. Yeah. There's a, you know, where, where did mom go? I don't know. I mean, there's different things you could say. And uh, I'm not sure what. Eddie Lamar. I'm under here, kids. Uh, yeah. Right. Kids, you guys sit at that table. Uh, we could say that one. A Florida man woke up his neighbors by screaming and pretending to be a firework. He was yelling firecracker and pretending to be a firework. I'll tell you what I don't like. I'm not a big fan of fireworks. Certainly not a big fan of humans as fireworks. You know either. what? I think I am. I think like I, th- yes. See, I think you should
1: 100% be doing this when all these assholes are outside lighting fireworks yes. off you should just be making bottle rocket noises in your driveway going Woo,
0: yeah. bang
1: <laughs> just,
0: just like my my <laughs> ping ping pew yeah.
1: Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you should be just, just you should just get a microphone and just broadcast uh. your own firework noises and then play a little Ray Charles at the end call it a day oh
0: my god absolutely <laughs> That's hey what are you i know i, I know that you it is really funny. I know you love grilling. You grill at all times. I do. The day and yep. night and I sure do. Seasons. Mm-hmm. This is a bad take. Mary Pelletti Brown, uh, actually, who was on our podcast she was. back in the day, Yeah, said this might be one of the worst takes of all time. It was a food insider who said that, it was the columnist, Josh Barrow, says that grilling is bad. Just because you can cook outside doesn't mean you should. Your grill is dirty, has poor temperature control, and lets fat drip into the flame. Isn't that all part of the experience, honey? Right? I'll tell you what. I haven't heard of many people die from a grilled hamburger. No. Right? I mean, no. what are we doing? Seriously. I love so grilling. To, that guy
1: could yeah. not be more wrong. Could not yeah. be more wrong. Like co- it's a great Like thing. cooking food over an open flame. It's good stuff. It's good times. Yeah. Plus you usually drink, you know, cook some sausages yeah. out
0: there, grill up some peppers and onions. Yeah. Burgers, steaks, steak right tips. In the, right in the tinfoil with some, some butter and, Oh my God. That's, that's just, that's, that's.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like that guy couldn't yeah. be more wrong. You're going to cook in your house. When well, you're going to cook in your house in the middle of summer. So last week when it was a thousand degrees, it was like the temperature of the sun. You're really right. going to cook in your house on those days. You're going to turn your oven on, on a day when it was like 117 outside. No. That guy no. could not be more wrong. Could not right. be
0: more wrong. Get a beer, throw the grill on. Mm-hmm. It could take two seconds, or if you wanted to go all house and go 15, 20 minutes, you can, but you can cook a dog on there, or you could go chicken and kebabs and the whole thing. Whatever. I mean, it's so versatile. Like yeah. Just throw You can cook anything. something on there.
1: You can cook ribs, yeah. you can cook shrimp you throw can cook it, throw you know your, your seafood. Your
0: pan in there and throw you throw some scrambled eggs in there yeah. whatever. you could do whatever True. you want on that you, thing you really can and, and we've done it during it, patriots it. tailgates we've cooked oh my god yeah we've cooked a variety of foods we've had breakfast and we've had yep. sausages and hamburgers and yep. steak and steak tips ribs no question you can do it all on um there. So here's an interesting one. Police have fined two men who had to be rescued from an Australian forest after they were startled by a deer while nude sunbathing on a beach and became lost. (laughs) (laughs) So they were startled. They must have run like hell. So they...
1: Wait. So there was a beach. There was a beach in the forest, or were they on a beach and then ran
0: into the forest? Rescued from an Australian forest, so they must have run into the forest. Is there a forest near a beach? Wow. Yeah, I don't that's, know. That's an odd. That's an odd location. Is that like a Walden Pond type situation. Right. <laughs> just all of a sudden you run into this weird. Yeah. Little beach with uh, woods around it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but they ran like hell, nude, nude, and and tried to get away from this deer, and they were nude sunbathing two men. Do you think we should, Do you think, what do you think would happen? Nope. We were <laughs> nude sunbathed. Nope. <laughs> no. I'm thinking I don't
1: want to sunscreen my balls and shaft. No. no so no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going nude because I'm, I'm not risking it's, burning that stuff. It's dangerous.
0: And it hasn't been exposed to the sun. Ever. No, ever. So it's the first time you go out there at ninety-eight degrees on the beach. You're gonna put a little dollop like the like the lifeguard put a dollop on his nose. You yeah. put it right on the tip. <laughs> yeah. you know, just a dollop of white sun lotion. So we'll protect yeah. the tip and
1: then just leave everything else. For the elements, yes. Just, <laughs> just
0: leave it. Just leave it all. Can You have like a little umbrella. Can you make a little umbrella and put it right on top of the scroll? You can probably. Yeah, you could probably one use one a. You can probably use a I drink use umbrella. Place. Yeah. Yeah, the drink <laughs> umbrella. Yeah. You put it right there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I get to, go on yeah, vacation. A
1: one. Order a bunch of boat yeah. drinks, and then you're all. Yeah. <laughs> then you're all set. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sir, does that pina colada come with a with a drink umbrella? Yeah.
0: I need you can them. Get, like you can get like a ten pack of of drink umbrellas at Walmart and just yeah. just drive it into your top of your groin, <laughs> yeah. you know. You can put it right through you can put it right down the shaft, right down oh, the tip. Good Lord. Yeah. Oh no. Nope. Oh my Lord, no. How about this McNuggets? Another incident at McDonald's. We had that guy who had the bomb threat. Yeah. Because he didn't get dipping sauce. Mm-hmm. Now we get another guy who allegedly, after stealing a truck, police arrested the suspect when she stopped at McDonald's to get some McNuggets. Well I mean there's always time the for nuggets. There's
1: always yeah. time for nuggets. <laughs> You're in the middle of. So you steal a car or a truck, whatever you're in the middle of a high speed chase, driving by and all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, damn, I could go for some McNuggets Yeah stop stop real quick.' stop right here. No one's
0: after me. I no one's after me. Hey vehicle. hey, hey, excuse me, officer, would you like anything from the drive thru <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll tell you right now with the with the shortage of labor in the fast food industry, it's going to take a while to get those McNuggets. <laughs> you know, you're going to get caught, and you can't just drive through and grab some. No, no, it's it going to be a little a yeah. It's gonna be a little while in the drive-through. There's no doubt. You remember, Jaleel? He was uh, Urkel. Urkel, yeah, on the Family matters. matters. He uh, tweeted or posted out, "You get to invite one person to a function. If they're late, you win a million dollars." Who are you inviting? Okay, so <laughs> you're inviting the most tardy person you yeah. know. Okay, so all I can say is, you're welcome. <laughs> I was, Spend I was just gonna widely. say, I was just gonna say, look, back in
1: yeah. the day, you know, before I don't know you. We're a responsible parent and adult. adult. We'll prior successful. to that time, I would yeah. 100% say you. 100%, yes, you would 100%. be my answer. But now, with you being a responsible adult and you everything, responsible yeah. I'd probably invite a celebrity who wouldn't show up anyways. Yeah, right. right. And be like, oh, they're you late. Take a million bucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rihanna's supposed to be here, but, you know. Right. Where's my million? She got held up. Both, She's yeah, in the drive thru waiting for yeah. McNuggets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's <is> right. <laughs> You know, lately I can be early at things. Like, I, I am different than I used to be. But back in the day, you guys would show up. We'd go out to dance or drink or whatever. And you'd say, like, 7 o'clock. And you get there. And I'd be like, okay, I'm going to hop in the shower. Yeah. We'd leave about 7.30. Right. And then on the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. Can you just stop at the ATM quick? <laughs>
1: right. right. What in the absolute back. fuck have you been doing for the last hour? <laughs> right. You're
0: right. Right. Well, that would be a million dollars Yeah. years ago yeah. for you. And here's the final one. How about this one? We finally know why rich crackers have ridges. So rich crackers made back in 1934, they have those little scallop-shaped ridges around the edges. They do? And those were made to help you roll the crackers across cheese or to cut the cheese or to make it easier to rip into smaller pieces the cheese. What you're saying is a rich cracker is
1: supposed to be a knife? Supposed to be a knife that you can cut through (laughs) the, the cheese with. Cut the cheese. <laughs> that is, whosoever idea that was in 1934,
0: yeah, yeah. sorry. <laughs> that, that is a strike. About the Ritz cracker right now, if you breathe on it, it shacks <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, you try to rub that thing on, on some cheese, you're going to end up with a pile of dust. Oh, no, no doubt about it. I mean, it's, it's like, I would take a Ritz cracker out and I would just put my index finger and thumb on it and smash it. Cause so how would you drive it into a bar of like cracker barrel cheese? You know, the the super, super sharp, super you know, sharp cheddar, Vermont cheddar. Yeah. How would you do that? I mean, you could put in like the dip and like the Alouette, cheese, Alouette dip, which
1: is pretty good. Well, you would have to like a dip like that, even like pub cheese or whatever, you would have to support the end of the cracker that you were putting into the cheese with the rest right. of your hand. You couldn't just dip it in and then pull up and like pull cheese with it because the cracker would break in half. You have to get right. your like, whole hand behind the thing that you're going to you scoop. Almost scoop it you out know. with your hand. You might with as well hand. just stick your hand in and grab right. the cheese and then, and then sum- just rub it on, on the, the, the cracker. <laughs> because right. the, That right. cracker, as soon as it touches something with resistance, is breaking, like you said, into a million pieces.
0: And there were a million pieces. Yeah. So you, two fingers will have cheese all over it. Right. And the cracker. And the cracker. And you just put it in your mouth like you're some slob, you know, all of it in your mouth, your fingers, the cracker, everything in your mouth. Uh, Yeah. So that experiment has not, has not done anything for us since 1934 doesn't get it done no but uh oh well i enjoy a good ritz Uh, cracker though oh i enjoy a ritz cracker now they have the flavored ones like the cracked pepper this that and whatever yeah i like a ritz cracker and some and some uh
1: and some cheddar cheese sure maybe a little pepperoni piece
0: I'll say this: crackers and cheese is something I didn't really care about when I was younger. But now I'm older. If you put a crackers and cheese plate out, I will destroy it. I am one hundred percent with you.
1: One hundred percent with you. I was wasn't a crackers and cheese as a kid, but as an adult, I can't get enough. I used to eat it for lunch sometimes, like Wheat Thins and cheese, or
0: uh, Ritz crackers and cheese, Triscuits and cheese. Sure, love it. Absolutely. I just, I love the hell out of it. It's so simple and it's so great. It should be at every function. How about some sports news? So, lately, I've been looking at, of course, at Twitter and sometimes I get really upset about it. First thing I saw was Lou Maloney talking about Red Sox trade deadline acquisitions and who they should get and what they need. And he said that with the addition of Chris Sale and potentially Tanner Houck on the pitching staff, that their top priority should be first base and not pitching at all. And I thought about it, and I'm really apprehensive about the pitching, and here's why. One, Eddie Rodriguez has been almost terrible to the tune of, what is it, a 5-6-6 area? Six, six yeah, he's, he's, had some, he's had
1: some bad luck as far as, like, bad balls in play. The other night, right. Angel's had, like, five or six hits off him that none of them were above, like, 80 miles per hour exit velocity, which is basically, right. like, high school kids. Hit the ball like 80 miles an hour, you know? It's
0: like bad luck. But he has not been good, like you said. He has not been good. So there's one. And now you have Garrett Richards, who is a second away from folding at any second. Mm -hmm. You have Myron Perez, who's a fifth star. I mean, he is what he is. And then you have Nick Pavetta. So you're relying on Nick Pavetta and Nathan Avaldi to take you into a postseason when Nathan Avaldi has been nothing but enigmatic his whole career. And he's going to be potentially your number one starter. And then Nick Pavetta, who was a nice pickup, but what you're getting from Nick Pavetta is not what you expected. No, so it's gravy. Everything is gravy. A, right. So you have a rotation right now that's kind of fool's gold. And I really think they need a starter. And I would say also that they need another relief arm. And the reason being is they're going to overuse that bullpen because all of their starters, except for maybe Evaldi every once in a while, Go five innings, and you're using two to three relievers a night. And those guys are going to be taxed by the end of the year. So you need a starter and a bullpen arm. And I would say, you know what? First base is the third thing. I mean, whatever. I see guys on Twitter saying, yeah, go out and get like an Anthony Rizzo, and who cares about the pitch? The pitching's fine. I don't think so. I really don't, and I'm really concerned about it.
1: So I'm I'm 100% with you. I said going into the season that I thought they would sneak into the playoffs if the pitching held up. And so far it has, but I'm not convinced that it will continue to be that way. So I agree. I think you need at least one starter and at least one bullpen arm, like you said. Right. And, you know, they've had some pretty good years out of some of the bullpen guys. But those guys, like, you know... Garrett Whitlock, you're getting way more than you expected out of him. So, you know, Adovino's been good. You know, Barnes has been good, but he's not as good lately. Darwinson Hernandez has been good. So they've been, and Josh Taylor, they've, so they've had some guys who have had good years, but it can't hurt to ever add an additional arm in the bullpen. And then same with, same with the starters, even though you're getting Hauk and Sale, you know, those guys, you know, who knows what you're going to get out of them. They're both coming off injury. Right. So I don't know if you can really depend on those guys. So I think it would True. behoove them to get some pitching help. And then, like you said, first base to me is not really a priority. Let Dahlback and Santana and Chavis or whatever, like, Right, let them all do that. Where I think pitching yeah. is your number one need.
0: What I would do is I like to see him make a minor move. Maybe they get like a Jose Barrios from from Minnesota Twins, and maybe like Carlos Santana from the Royals. Yeah, to play first or something like that. Yeah, their offenses, really their offense is good enough. They need the pitching, and
1: and especially yeah. going up. Like if you're expecting to you know, go deep into the playoffs, you're going to face teams with really good rotations, you know, right, you San Diego, yeah. LA, if you get the oh God, Houston, yeah. you know, if you get that far white Sox. like those yeah. teams have great rotations. So if you want to compete with the likes of those teams in either yeah. a world series or an ALCS or something, you need to bolster your pitching a little bit more.
0: Yeah. And I can't get too excited about Chris sale one, because he's coming off a major injury. and hasn't pitched in a long time. Uh, so you to thrust him into high pressure situations in the playoffs, not great. And secondly, he hasn't been a great postseason performer. He doesn't have a, t- a track record of his. Like if he was even like a John Lackey, I'd say, okay, like he has a track record anyway, being a decent postseason pitcher, but he really hasn't. So I don't know how you can say, "Geez, you know, wait till Chris Sale comes back, really? I mean, we've been down that road before. With
1: yeah, that. I mean, he might he might get you there. You know, he might yeah. get you there, but he hasn't been great in the postseason. But you know, maybe no. this year is different because he's you know he's kind of a thin guy, yeah, so he wears down over the course of a season. So maybe he's fresher and he
0: performs better. But you know, like you said, you still can't count on it though. So another thing that that uh, irritated me some is this Nikhil Harry talk with the Patriots. And Harry's agent has said that Nikhil has requested a request the trade. And in the statement by the agent, he passive-aggressively blamed the Patriots system, the offense, the coaching, and everybody else but Nikhil for his lack of production and Nikhil, he's 99th out of 100 qualified receivers in percentage of getting open at like 25% or something. Yeah, is that is that good? That's not good at all. Not good fact, at all. Okay. It would be just a shade above what I would guess. Like <laughs> you would be 100, he would be 99. Yeah, I'd be I'd be I'd be 100. Yeah. It would be close. But yeah, so all the fans that have come out to his defense and how he's been mistreated. And he's going to, you know, he's going to be a stud you know, somewhere going else. He's be so much better if they just throw it up to him. And if they just throw it long to him or if they throw it to him, guard and he can just go get it. Is that what you want from your first round pick? We got to throw it to a covered receiver and hope he catches it. Like that's just the most asinine thing I've ever Yeah, seen I'm that. not, I'm not you doing that. Like to be open.
1: that's not Patriots football. That's Jameis Winston in Tampa Bay before Tom Brady got there throwing 30 picks in a season. Like, you don't want that. And did you see this thing about opportunity? Last year, Nikhil, it was you and like a bunch of guys off the scrap heap. You had every goddamn opportunity to be the number one guy last year, and you did not do anything. So as far as I'm concerned,
0: bye, bye, bye. As InSync yeah, would say. Think, look, he doesn't he doesn't look like a guy who really busts his ass hard to get better. He's had some nagging injuries where he's missed some games and some practice time and it just doesn't seem like he has a ton of drive. And Tom Brady's difficult and the system's difficult. We get it. There's been other receivers who have failed. A lot of other draft picks who have failed. But this guy was a guy they needed and they were going to invest a first round pick in, and he didn't come through at all hurt and dinged up and even when he played he couldn't get anything going so see you later pal like honestly you're gonna see much of the same wherever else he goes he just can't get open he can't run routes and that's just the bottom line if he could play they'd get him the ball i
1: mean honestly Jacoby Myers was an undrafted guy out of NC State and came in and had better production than him. So his opportunity was there, and Jacoby Myers was better than him and is better than him now and will probably be, if not the number one guy because he knows the offense, the number two receiver probably going into the season. By all accounts, he's been the best guy so
0: far in camp. He developed. Mm -hmm. He was, you know, he developed. And he figured it out. Cam Newton's talked about him as being a guy that learns the position and, and is, you know, is a good football mind and all of that. Great. And yeah, Tom Brady was hard on Harry. If you don't get open, we are not going to throw it to you. Tom yeah. Brady wants guys open. So you can throw it to him, get yards after the catch, yeah. get first downs, score touchdowns. That's what he wants. He's not going to force it to a guy who might catch it. No. It's just insane. It's not backyard football. No. And the amount of people who say this is just like... Yeah, I agree. Insane it. to me. that he's just is. making these... Oh, my Lord. The guy can't play. So let's just move on from it. Here's a guy who can play. Jason Tatum, Boston Celtics. Playing in the Olympics. And he has a real good relationship with Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard. There's been some photographs of them discussing things and laughing and joking. And he says that Bradley Beale's like his brother, and so forth. They're both from the loop. Did you know that? They're both from, the, from St. Louis. And there's potential that they could try to get together and play some point down the road. Probably not this year, but maybe the year after. The Celtics will have to move some money around to try to get the third max deal to get a Bradley Beal. But it wouldn't be this year. What is your take on Jason Tatum? I think I'm really concerned that he will play somewhere else on a super team and that he won't attract those people to him in
1: Boston. I 100% agree with you. I think Bradley Beal is a free agent. I don't know if it's after this year or next year. He is a free agent. Yes. After this coming year. Yeah. Uh, Tatum hasn't opt out in two years. So what's going to happen is right. Bradley Beal is going to go somewhere, wherever it is, LA, maybe the Lakers. I could see it being the Lakers. And then Tatum is going to force his way out of Boston. Yeah. So he'll either force his way out a year early so he, they can get a trade and he can get something for him. Or he'll wait the two years, opt out, and he'll go to LA with Beal. I honestly think that's what's going to happen because it's usually not the younger guys recruiting the veterans. It's usually the other way around. Right. You know, LeBron recruits, you know, other people to his team. Exactly. The veterans recruit the younger guys to their teams. It's not the younger guys saying, oh, come play with me. So Beal's a little bit older and everybody's like, oh, Tatum will recruit Beal. I think Beal's recruiting Tatum and they're both going to go play somewhere else. That's my fear. So the Celtics really need to in the next year or two really build a roster that's enticing to get some, to get some juice, to get either Beal or get those guys to stay or get some other guys to come in and play with them or else uh, I'm very fearful that it's going to end up with him going, walking, going somewhere else. I think
0: the only thing going for them is that, you know, this Harden Durant Irving group doesn't have a big window. And then there's Giannis in Milwaukee. So there's room there for the Celtics if they make the proper moves to at least be a candidate to make these two conference finals and make a run. Yeah. There is. Uh, there is possibility for that. You know, there's no Luka like there is in the West. There's no John Morant and Zion. And Denver has a good squad with Jamal Murray. And there's a lot of different teams over there. I think in the East you have, I'm not sure the Hawks can sustain what they're doing because they're just on a big market. Fans don't care. I just, yeah, I mean, see possibly the Knicks. i doing it. Yeah, possibly the Knicks. You know, Trey Young's a guy down the road who's going to be in a similar situation. You yeah. going to want to stay in Atlanta. You know, so I think that the Celtics are fearful, of course. I think if they make the right move or two, and if they make a run, and then teams take notice and players take notice, I think that's their only chance: is to show that you're one of the top two teams in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I mean, if this it, guy comes, you can do it, right? Maybe, maybe they make a run,
1: and maybe somehow they can pull something off to get Beal to, to Boston and signs an extension. Right. Honestly, I think kind of that avenue is really their best chance. Otherwise, I, I honestly think that Tatum's going to leave.
0: Now, I did hear some opinion that. It's sort of already in the works that Beal will come here. And that's a lot of the reason why the coach was selected as one of Tatum's guys. Oh, that's true. Is I that, love it. Then that, that could be. And if you think about it, it makes a little bit of sense. Steven's moving up to the front office and the new coach brought in, who is a Tatum guy, mm-hmm. makes some sense if that was like Tatum saying, look, make these moves and I'll convince Bradley to come or we'll make it happen. That could have happened. I mean, who, who knows?
1: That's yeah, I mean, happens. and Beal actually, he was interviewed by someone talking about the Olympics and, and practicing and stuff. And he said, you know, will, will there be talk of people trying to recruit each other and super teams? And he, he just came right out and said, yeah, there'll be a lot of it. <laughs> right. Yeah, be a lot of it. So hopefully, hopefully it's, uh, it's good news for the Celtics and they become, become friendly and, and somehow Tatum can convince them to, uh, to come to Boston.
0: And I and I hope that that's true. And, and it, time will tell. And again, I think there's a chance here with the development of Brown, if they keep Brown, of Brown and Tatum, that they can be a top two team in the in the Eastern Conference. And I think that's their best bet, to be honest, to try to get someone there. Uh, but like you said, the Lakers are for LeBron and Anthony Davis getting toward the end of their careers. Right. They're going to for their next group. Exactly. You know, They're going to reload. So run, exactly. You know. Bruins fans who think that it's physicality, it's Slamming guys into the boards, and it's, it's the reason why I like Trent Frederick. You know, it's, it's the feisty, you know, we lost because they were heavier. And kind of that's true, but if you look at the last three seasons, 2019, they're one goal early away from potentially having a good chance of winning Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals. And if they win that game, then they win the Cup. Right. 2020, bubble, a lot of different situations going on. Tuka leaves during the playoffs. Tampa Bay is very good. And in the second round. And then this year, second round, again, they had a chance to be up 3-0 in that series against the Islanders. Were they going to beat the Lightning? No. But their defense is what was the problem in secondary scoring. So it's not like, let's go smash guys in the walls. But I just don't think Milan Lucci's is the answer, specifically for his price tag. And before he left here, he wasn't bringing the physicality every night. We were complaining about him not throwing his body around, Mm -hmm. not doing the things that he used to do. I I agree. Preserving his career. It's not going to be that guy.
1: No, I I don't think so. I I mean, and, he can't skate. It's a a skating league. It's a fast league. It's getting faster every year. That's one of the problems I have with Trent Frederick is, you know, everybody's like, oh, he hits and he's aggressive. He can't skate. So if he can't skate, he can't catch up to you to hit you. So you can't have two guys on your team on the third or fourth line because Milan Lucic is playing third or fourth line, folks. hate to break it to you uh, Uh, if they get him, but they can't have two guys that can't skate. They can't. And Coyle's no speed demon. Doesn't really bring the physicality. (laughs) Krejci isn't either. Tampa Bay is fast, and they're aggressive, and they're gritty, and they're agitators like Gord and and Barkley Goodrow and Coleman. Those guys are all pretty fast, and some of them are fairly big, but they'll agitate, and they'll hit, and they'll get in your face. And then the other thing is I've noticed the last few teams that have made the finals and won the cup – St. Louis, Tampa Bay the last couple years, this Montreal team, uh, Vegas, the defense on all those teams is big and physical. The Bruins defense is small small. and not physical at all. No. At all. McAvoy will hit a little bit but, you know, Tampa, Hedman, McDonough, uh, Cernak, Montreal had Edmondson who was with St. Louis, Petrie, Weber. They have big physical defense all over six feet. All will hit you. All will rub their glove in your face. Like, they're nasty, too, a little bit, which the Bruins don't have. Like, Carlo's a big guy, but he's not nasty. You know, McAvoy's a hitter, but he's not nasty. Like, he won't start a scrum, usually. They need more guys on defense who will start scrums, who will get in the kitchen of the better players on the other team, who will annoy them, who will chop at their legs, like Montreal did to Kucherov. You need defensemen that are mean in front of the net. You do. And the Bruins have, like, three or four guys who are kind of just happy to be on the team in front of the net.
0: Well, that's why having so many young guys on your defense is not going to work. No. All those teams you just mentioned have heavy veteran presence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Bruins have, even guys like Grizzlick and Carlo haven't been in the league all that long. And then the other guys, Lo- Lozon and Clifton and Laurel and these guys, it's just too many young guys at once. And, and even McAvoy is still relatively young. They need, like you said, they need to be bigger, physical scrums in front of the net. Look at the 2011 team, had Boychuk and Seidenberg was a brick wall and Chara and Chara yeah you know they had McQuaid yeah Stephen. yeah Ference, Ference was a little guy back. but he was
1: he, was, he yeah he was yeah. tough he would battle you so to me it seems like that's what wins you need a defense without a doubt that is big and will make you pay the price
0: for getting to the dirty areas in my mind and I wasn't before I'd be open to trading Matt Kreslick because I again you can't dream about what you want to be and keep everybody I agree and they still Talk about resigning everybody. Like, yeah. wh- where are the changes going to be? Right. And this management group has relied heavily, in management meaning Sweeney and Neely, mm-hmm. heavily on the core. Core was brought in by other guys. And that core has been the rock that is, has made them contenders for so long. And they've made some good moves. I mean, Taylor Hall was a good move, and Johansson was a good move, and Coyle was a good move. And, you know, they But they've made these safe trades. They haven't made a risky move a nucleus-changing move that could really change the dynamic of the team but have some risk to it, a risk-reward type thing. And they haven't really done that. And they really don't seem to pull a trigger on that kind of thing. And I think that you have to, when Neely says we have to take a serious look for two years in a row, he really does. But he really has to own it commit to it. Say, okay, this is our move. This is what we move. It's a good hockey trade. They're getting good players. We're getting good players. But it's changing who we are. And I think that's what they need to do.
1: Yeah. I mean, to me, their yeah. their current defense is not championship caliber. No. Like, to me, you keep McAvoy, you keep Carlo, and then mm. you need to retool the rest. You need to retool the rest. Yeah. Grizzlick is a nice player. I really like him. I would yeah. love for him to still be on the team, but I, I, I'm not sure you can win with him. You need your third pair. Ideally, that's where you would want him, on the third pair. Right. But third, you yeah. need your right. third pair, you know, defenseman to be a big, strong guy who's going to fuck people up. That's right. what you need him to be. You don't need him right. to be you know a smallish assist guy
0: right. because he's moving the puck to third and fourth liners right those lines aren't going to score that much no. anyway and McAvoy has shown
1: towards the second half of the season that he could play on on the first power play unit so play yeah. McAvoy with four forwards and and knock yourself out and right. play him for fucking two minutes on the power play yeah. or if you want to throw somebody out there that has a booming shot or something like that like if you bring somebody else new in put him out there too but McAvoy can do the power play. So, yeah. to me, Grizzly is expendable, as is Lozon and Clifton yeah, especially, and Zaboral and yeah. Kevin all Miller with his bad yeah, knees, and Vakanainen, oh,
0: like a yeah. lot of them. Send them all. A <laughs> the lot yeah. of them. I'd Bye. i really have you get like a, like, a, like a veteran guy that's cheap, like a guy a little better than Tenorti. You know what I mean? Just a guy that's better than Tenorti, but big and physical, plays his third line. And, and even if you kept Lozon, out of all those guys, I'd, I'd consider keeping Lozon to be the third, pair yes because he has some size and he can play physically yeah he will and then put a guy a veteran with him that can protect him and that can you know can play with him and and he can learn from and all and be comfortable with great but like you said all the other little guys need to go like a ryan mcdonough to me even though he's getting up
1: there in age a little bit would be would be a perfect ad like a ryan mcdonough or like an alec martinez um would be great too you know I don't, I don't, I don't like to see this Oliver Ekman Larson
0: bullshit. Like,
1: oh, no, God, no, no way. Like you make too much to me, money. That's
0: another guy though. Yeah. That's not what they really need. Like no. that's not a guy and he makes a ton of money and he's going to cost like something in trade. Like you're going to invest a lot in a guy like that. Who's not really what you need. I mean, to me, it's more like, I'd rather have Alec Martinez. Absolutely. If I'm going to pay money, I'll pay that guy. Yeah. I'll Pay Ryan McDonough for a couple of years. Yeah. You know, i I'll, I'll pay that guy. But I'm not, I mean, stop it. And I think that they've relied too much on Bruce Cassidy's system of we need puck movers, move the puck forward, and have gotten away from our defense has to be big and strong and heavy and a little bit nasty. So the biggest difference between 2011 and 2021 is the defense and how big, we just named them all. Yeah, They were either big and nasty or they were nasty. And that's what won. This group, not that at all. Yeah, Ference played with an edge. He might have been small, but he he played with an edge. He did. Now he's a third pair
1: guy, play with McQuaid or whatever, and that's nasty. That's nasty. They need more defensemen yeah. that will start scrums, that will they do. that will like to play against. yes, that will that will initiate contact in front of their goalie. Like you will not touch my right. goalie. Like every time they come in, punch yeah. in the face, whatever. Yeah, they need more of that.
0: I, I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. So there, there's my uh, Twitter revelations this uh, this past week on the sports world. It can be frustrating, and I'll tell you what I don't know if it's Boston fans only, but it seems like all the sports teams love their former players so much they want to bring them back. Did you mm. notice that? Yeah, Celtics with Isaiah Thomas and all these guys in the uh, Avery Bradley. Let's bring all the all the uh, all the old guys back. Like the Bruins are the same thing with Lucic. It's just the Red Sox and Brock Holt. Let's bring the old guys back. Yeah. Do you remember that the old guys weren't good enough anymore?
1: Right. I, I feel Do like it's like, that, n- it's, it's like nostalgia. It's like, I, you know, yes. back when they yeah, were, were good and bring them back it. and you, yeah. they, you think you'll, they'll be good again,
0: but, but yeah. they won't. Right. But they won't. Yeah. All right. So a new segment coming up.
1: Right hey, now, new Maddie segment.
0: Smitty, dating and sex advice. Come on. That's what Who better to learn from than two strapping young bucks who have been tremendous in the world of love <laughs> than Maddie and Smitty? That's right. You think of love, think, you of, us. think of Maddie and Smitty, yeah. without a doubt. So this is a new segment. So we went on and found this uh, interesting website that has some sex advice. So people write in and, you know, we'll get sort of some advice. And It's called In Bed with Gigi Engel. So this first one is, can you get your ex back? Dear Gigi, I'm still in love with my ex-girlfriend. We were friends before we dated and did everything together. We talked and texted every day. I knew she had baggage. Her ex-boyfriend was an ass and treated her very badly. I was fine staying friends. I just enjoyed spending time with her. Eventually, things evolved between us and we started to date. Everything was perfect. I even met her teenage son and really got along with him. So then she told him and her mother about us, which she'd never done before with anyone else. Her son approved of me and said she deserved to be happy. After we were together a couple of months, I called one day and she sounded depressed on the phone. I asked her what was wrong, but she wouldn't tell me. After we hung up, she texted to say she was still in love with her ex, couldn't see me anymore. I responded to tell her how hurt I was. The next day she responded with this, please do not contact me anymore. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> okay <laughs> so that's that's kind of the response you give to a to a stalking asshole yeah i have respected her wishes and given her space but i have to ask is there any way to get her back i tried moving on but i compare every woman to her she is so unique and special here's the thing controlling ex-boyfriend still has his hands in there in the in the woman obviously is given in i said okay i'll, I'll, I'll be back with you and completely cuts it off. So to me, the whole cutoff thing was not only like, dude, leave me alone. But it was also, you know, my ex-boyfriend is looking at my phone, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, that's, I mean, that's what it is. Yeah,
1: that's what it is. The answer, the answer to can you get her back, uh, the answer is no. No, you cannot. There isn't any way to do it. Um, no. She is still in love with that guy. So you, sir, need to get it through your head that, she does not love you probably never did love you and you need to move on even though you say you can't you need to so snap out of it (laughs) and uh young buck and and and, uh hit the city baby dead on (laughs) find you find yourself a nice young lady and uh do not compare her to the
0: ex-girlfriend who doesn't love you and see if you can give that a go so here's the thing you were right about he, she didn't love you. And the thing, the thing about this is, is that she, you know, was with this asshole, didn't end well, wants to be rid of him for the time being, doesn't want to think about him. So what does she do? Go with the opposite type of guy. Right. The guy that's into her, nice to her, overly nice. I'm going to do that thing. But what it is, is she's looking for that. She's not looking for you, dude. No. You could be anybody. Correct. You could be any dude. That is correct. It's just that she's looking for that different guy, the opposite guy. And you were opposite guy for a couple months, fun, relieved her of whatever she was feeling, but then dragged back in by controlling asshole boyfriend who she'll probably marry. Yeah. We're good at this. And that'd be it. Yeah. We are. That was, that I mean, was that's the whole, that was tremendous advice by us that's, right there. That's a couple's therapy right there yeah. by, by Maddie and Smitty. And uh, we will do that occasionally just to keep you all abreast of the situation. And uh, keep you from making the same mistakes that these people do because we want uh, peace and harmony and peace and love. Yeah, we want the best for our listeners. We really do. We do. So we do. so if you're having some, any issues with your relationships or. Yeah, send us an any, email. Uh, looking for some intimacy, uh, you know, yeah. de- not detailed. <laughs> <laughs> deep thoughts. <laughs> yeah, some deep thoughts about your intimacy, then just reach out to us. Yeah, you know? we can be uh, no. like Dear Abby. Dear Maddie and mm-hmm. Smitty, and we will help you with your relationships. We will. We will do that for you. We're a versatile podcast, and that'll do it for uh, episode 27, season two. Red Sox will pick coming up on July 11th. So that would be, is that today? So they are picking fourth overall. First time in a long time they've been picking this high. And it could be Jack Liter. It could be, but I've heard reports recently that, that it
1: sounds like Lighter might go two to the Rangers. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well,
0: we'll have to see what happens there. We'll talk, so hopefully, we'll talk some MLB draft next week. Maybe have a guest or two and discuss that and see who the Red Sox pick fourth. That's a and, big market uh, tease there, folks. It is. That's what they call a tease in the biz. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again next week. Thanks a lot. Bye. I'm
1: free to do what I-